0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a cloudy day here in the capital city, as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. My name is Scott Challoner and I'm delighted to be joined on the programme today by Justin Polesland. Justin is a director at JHP Recruitment, a multi award winning specialist recruitment company working within the veterinary industry in the UK and United States. Justin, very warm welcome to you and thank you ever so much for joining us on the programme today.
1: Thank you very much. Yes, nice to be here.
0: It's a real pleasure having you with us as well, Justin. Now, um, the purpose of this discussion is to establish your take on leadership first and foremost. So, if we just take that word leader initially and explore that for a moment, I'm interested to understand okay. what that word means to you. What ought a leader be in your view?
1: Um, I guess uh for me um uh, the word leader uh is somebody that would kind of set an example um you know as a as a leader within within J H P. I certainly try and kind of lead the way and set the the right example and and make sure that uh you know people can see that uh, i'm i'm kind of not just um delegating jobs for people to do but but showing that i'm willing to kind of get my hands dirty get involved um and and be part of the team um and then just kind of obviously helping out where where needed um and kind of helping coach um kind of new starters and and, um, people that, that kind of might need some some additional help um kind of just getting them up to the levels that they need to be at really Um, But yeah, whenever I think of the word leader, it's somebody that's uh, kind of leading by example is uh, is always a thought that comes to mind.
0: And I think doing that sort of shows that you're on a little bit of an equal footing with everybody, doesn't it? Showing that you're willing to sort of get in there, get your hands dirty. And there's a great deal of merit in that because it makes it much easier to then take people with you, which is incredibly important when it comes to leadership as a whole.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we're very much um within within our office. Uh we have an open plan office and uh I I think it's important that um that I'm kind of sat with the team um so that they can see that I'm kind of working um, you know, just as hard as they are and, and you know, I'm not kind of locking myself away in a in a little office and uh hiding away. Um, you know, I want to be seen as part of the team, um and kind of just like I say
0: leading by example. It's interesting that of course um, you raise um, the uh, the topic of uh, the office there because that's come under a, a bit of debate recently with the emergence of the COVID-19 pandemic of course and the way that that's essentially made us reassess our working practice. Of course in many cases a lot of us are working from home of course so that's sort of common office human interaction space has um, sort of lost even though some people are now beginning to of course some slowly return in a phased manner but if we think about maybe um, the next sort of two to three years when hopefully COVID-19 is no longer an issue do you see a future for the office space and especially your office working back fully in vogue or do you think that more and more people will actually be working from home on a personal basis?
1: i I think that yes, we will see more people working from home. Um, I can definitely see the benefit um, within some industries that, that that will happen with us personally um, we've already started having discussions with um, with some of our senior guys about it, and I think we work very much as a team um, and it's really important that that we are in together to for the majority of the week because we will pass information to each other and we will pass ideas and help each other out along the way. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, in terms of us, I think our office is here to stay. Um, but I think what we will may see is we've always, before this pandemic came along, we've always been in the office uh, Monday to Friday um, you know, on a full-time basis. But I think we might start seeing that that people might start working from home maybe, you know, one or two days a week and then coming into the office, um, you know, for the rest of the week. Um, it is very much, we, we are, like I say, we, we make sure that we kind of share as much information as possible. And I know that is part, you know, that, that is, that is possible kind of working from home, but I just think it's less likely to happen. Um, and also I think for me personally, I when I work from home, I've got all the distractions of, of family or, of, you know, um, or, you know, might need to put some washing on or whatever it may be. But when I walk through the office door, I'm very much, I walk in, I'm in kind of work mode and, uh, you know, head down and, and kind of get on with things. So I, I personally actually prefer to, to be in an office than working from home. And I know some of my team have said that. There, there's been others that say they're quite enjoying the working from home um, Part of it, but uh, yeah, I, I I think that there will be some industries that will that will say, you know, actually we can save a lot of money on office costs and business rates or whatever it may be, um, if if we actually have people working from home. But for for us personally, yeah, I think the office is here to stay, and I I enjoy having the team around and seeing them on a daily basis. It, it's it's good, um, you know, rather than seeing them every so often on a Zoom call or whatever it may be.
0: I think because that lack of human social interaction has really sort of come to the fore during this time, and how we've taken that for granted pre-pandemic, it's raised the importance once again of uh, mental health, hasn't it, and well-being? Um, considering yeah. that we are all isolated in this manner, um, just how important do you think that mental health is within leadership, both in terms of looking after your own and also that of your colleagues?
1: Huge. Um, yeah. Uh... <laughs> we we actually specialize within the veterinary industry um and uh, within the veterinary industry it's got one of the highest rates of um suicide unfortunately within within quite, within any industry in the UK um A lot of that is down to mental health, so it's actually a big part of, of what we do we We actually support um a charity called vet Life that work with veterinary professionals um that may be having um, uh, mental health issues or problems um, yeah i I think it's really, really important um for for leaders to be like i say be aware of their own mental health um i've certainly tried to keep myself. The, the way I kind of do it is keeping myself fit and healthy. So if I'm out for, for runs or, you know, hopefully we're going to see the gyms opening up again at some point soon. And, and, and I think by doing that, it really helps me clear my mind and really helps me personally. We we have to keep an eye out and, and you know, and, um, and speak to our team, uh, every member of the team on a regular basis to make sure that everybody's okay. Because, yeah, I think that, like you said in the intro to this, that the the lack of human contact um, has affected people a lot more than they thought it may have done, um, you know, at the beginning of lockdown. It I think I think that there will be some issues moving forward after lockdown and I, and I think that it's important that everybody, leaders and employees and colleagues and friends all keep an eye out for each other and all make sure that everyone is okay.
0: It is incredibly important. I think you're absolutely right in uh, saying that. Um, we talked, of course, an awful lot about how um, the business has adapted of course from a people perspective in terms of working from home of course looking out for each other's mental health but are there any other ways that the business has had to be flexible during this time to sort of see the pandemic out as it were?
1: Um, yeah um, we uh, unfortunately we saw uh, a huge downturn in um, in the amount of work that we, we had available to us um, you know literally from from sort of march into april um because of lockdown and the the people that we deal with the the veterinary clinics were only seeing emergency cases so therefore you know the, the locums and things we had working for us very quickly kind of weren't needed so yeah we took a huge huge downturn um i think moving forward the veterinary industry is going to um is going to change um We've already seen um sort of roles for telemedicine type roles uh, become available and, and we're asking you know and clients are asking for our help to fill these types of roles whereby you know vets will talk to, to clients online um so that you know it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody going into a a clinic now I'm not saying that clinics will shut down because obviously they they you know it, it, sometimes it's very important that that a vet will see an animal, you know, to work out uh, the issues, and you know, they may need to run different tests or different scans and things like that. But, yeah, I think, um, I think the industry will change, um, and therefore because the veterinary industry will change, we will need to adapt with it. So, yeah, I think um, we're still monitoring the situation at this stage, but I, I do feel that there's going to be big changes um, over the next sort of 6 to 12 months.
0: And thinking about the changes that will come in the uh, the future, particularly over the course of the next 12 to 18 months, Justin, what do you envision for JHP recruitment and what do you really hope to achieve as we embrace the challenges of the new normal, just before we wrap things up on the programme?
1: Um, I guess for us, um, we the UK... Uh, market for us uh, kind of really has slowed down and we'd like to see that sort of pick back up and see kind of what's going to happen with it and the changes that are afoot. So it's difficult for me to say. I think for, for us as a company, we, we launched our business in, in the US um, towards the end of last year um, and that's really starting to pick up for us and there's certain pockets of the US that that kind of have just continued as normal. I guess a lot of people have seen on the news what's happening over there. Um, I think for us, it, it's kind of adapting with that and making sure that all our eggs aren't in one basket and we want to kind of really diversify the business. So although we're working with uh, veterinary professionals, at the moment, we're kind of only working within clinical roles. So we've kind of discussed as a team that, you know, it makes sense for us to go into the non-clinical type work, but still using veterinary professionals to go into maybe nutrition roles or pharmaceutical roles and things like that. So, um yeah, I think it, it's really kind of made us realize that, you know, we want to diversify the business. We want to make sure that, you know, if something like this happens again, that maybe we You know, we can keep certain sections of the business ticking over, um, you know, whilst another one maybe kind of has a bit of a downturn. So uh, we're working on lots of things at the moment. um, But I I think most businesses um, out there in the UK right now are probably working on the same sorts of things. To you know, just in case something like this happens again, I think everybody just wants to diversify now.
0: Mm. and it comes down to adaptability and flexibility that doesn't it two very important facets of leadership as a whole within uh, their own right um it's going to be a very interesting um even if it's an uncertain time for businesses ahead of course we're seeing that things are slowly beginning to lift by way of lockdown restrictions and things are starting to reopen again but we know that there's still yeah. of course um, the recession that we're going to have to navigate and that's going to bring an impact of its own with it as well um it's one thing of course just in speculating about what that future may bring with it but it's another thing entirely actually waiting until the time comes and then looking back to see what's happened so I think it would be fantastic to perhaps have you back on the program with us in a few months time just to discuss exactly where we're at at that point in time and catch up on how things are getting on behind the scenes at JHP Recruitment as well especially given how informative it's been for myself and the listeners having you join us today
1: yeah no that would be great yes I'd uh, be more than happy to join you again
0: I think it would be fantastic, Justin, because it's been a real pleasure having you uh, join us uh, today for sure. It's a shame we don't have more time. Otherwise, we could discuss these issues long into the afternoon, I'm sure. Um, But until we do speak again um, and touch base in future, do take care, of course, and stay safe with all still going on at the moment, because although we're starting to see a return to some form of normality, we are certainly not out of the woods with this one yet.
1: No, definitely not. Um, I agree, but um, no. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. So yes, um, thank you.
0: That was Justin Polsland speaking, director at JHP Recruitment. Coming up next on today's programme, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with England's 1966 Football World Cup hero, Sir Jeff Hurst. During his professional career, Sir Jeff scored over 200 league goals for the likes of West Ham United and Stoke City, but he remains most renowned for the fact that he is the only man to this day to have scored a hat-trick in the final of a World Cup competition after his treble in England's 4-2 victory over West Germany at the old Wembley Stadium 54 long years ago now. I hope that you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan relished the opportunity to speak with Sir Geoff and all of that is coming up next. Uh, we're now
2: joined uh, though by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Geoff First, uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh,
3: you're Tony. welcome, you're welcome. Good afternoon. When we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in in, uh, in Liverpool, many many years ago, nineteen sixty-two, I think that was. So I didn't. Um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it. At the time it was to be playing, I guess, had one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, being stuck between the two sports. In, in the team but in a couple of friendly games more friendly games before the final in Poland and uh, uh, Norway I think in Denmark
1: mm.
3: I didn't I played two of the four games and I probably didn't quite replicate my my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England and he, he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay he started off with Jimmy Green so mm. I, I had an impact of thinking I, at that stage I, like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back in the team because of a, a nasty gash just shin um, on Jimmy Green's leg.
2: And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well. And more than that, whilst it's important to have that
3: be involved in the squad initially, uh, not at all. I didn't. You're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion. Really looking back at Al, mm. Al. so I never really felt. People talk about pressure a lot, and it's there. And people, players talk about people talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessarily feel any great pressure pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that, that were left in the squad after he moved one or two players out. The squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed, professional, uh, top-quality people, and that was again the leadership that I showed. He, he got people in together that were very, very strong personally, um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had. We were very—I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals. Uh, we had some great mm-hmm. players, but overall, they were great, hard-nosed, professional players. Um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years.
2: And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realised there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else.
3: Well, I I did some theatre shows last year. They've gone fairly well, and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows. In fact, starting this week. Over the next uh, two three months, and uh, at the end of the theatre shows, we have about twenty minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions. And there's—I won't mention both. they're too long to talk about both questions. Um, one, the other one's a really stupid one. It's too long for me to tell you. It's absolutely ridiculous. Okay. But the, the the other ridiculous question I get asked: Did I realise there were people on the pitch? I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of of fans uh, of, of West Ham and, uh, and Stoke and of course the uh, England fans who um, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest I I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration um mm-hmm. looking at There's that so many. Yeah, so many. And that's why we we're successful, because we had so many um showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding and uh, uh and it's an opportunity to talk about uh all of them in, in that breath and there was nobody and I going back from an earlier earlier question for me, that um all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially